40. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, We are able. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. The word of God for the people of God. Seated. Thank you, Keely. I got all kinds of books here, so I hope you ate a big breakfast that is going to last into the supper time. I'd like to start off that um, we are so happy that Bobby and Teresa had a little bit of time to get away and, and go there, and we're really working on trying to give Bobby a, the whole month of July off. So. So when he asked me about this service, we've been reading this book from Tim Keller, Jesus the King. And boy, it really I really highly recommend that to you all because it's really spoken to my heart as he has shared with him. It's life-changing as it has changed for me as well. And that's what brought us to this scripture because even though we're in chapter 10 of Mark, in the book, we're in chapter 12. So as Keely was reading the scripture, um, I also heard a similar sermon on Mother's Day. And this same scripture was mimicked of what's in Matthew chapter 20, starting at verse 20 to 23. And what I like the name of that sermon was One Bold Mama. So, so as, as, as I'm going to compare to Matthew 20, 20 to 23, it states um, that it was James' mother, James and John's mother, who was asking Jesus, I think Mark is being kind to James and John by leaving out Mrs. Zebedee's request. Because in, in that chapter, he's asking, or I should say Mrs. Zebedee, I have to turn to it because I don't memorize stuff. Verse 20, then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons and kneeling before him she asked him for something and he said to her what do you want and she said to him say that these two sons of mine are to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom Jesus answered 
you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? And they said to him, we are able. Then he said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. So what I liked about this was that the mother of James and John came up to Jesus and knelt before him. And in a prayer, as we all should, we come to kneel to Jesus to ask our request. Now something like this, I don't know, especially in Mark's version, we want you to do something for us. Said, really? I mean, that's pretty bold to just go up. This is what we want. So just keep that in mind as, as we move forward on this. So also, what I liked about Mrs. Zebedee's request was that she followed Jesus. She was among a group of women that followed her. And now again, reverting back to Matthew 27, 55, and 56, where verse 55 of Matthew 27 says, there were also many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. So here again, a mother's love for their children is very strong. And that's where I experienced that from uh, probably an infant that I didn't realize how much my mother was praying for me all my life. All my life that I was alive is what I figured. And here that's where I thought Mrs. Ebedee, who later in Mark chapter 16, her name is uh, Salome. Um, he does mention that name, but I was studying more out of Matthew. But Mrs. Ebedee was requesting this of her sons. And I could imagine what she's telling Jesus. I've raised these boys knowing the Torah. They believe you are the Messiah. They know everything of the law. So please have them sit at your right and your left. That's just my imagination, thinking of how that request would have come. Then it goes on to me in my political world. I look at the president. Who sits behind him when he's addressing the Congress and Senate? He has the vice president and also the speaker of the house. Who in the order of there, if something happened to the president, then the vice president would take over. And then, again, if that something happened to that vice president, say they both wrecked in a plane accident together, then it'd be the speaker of the house. This was the mindset of the disciples that say, all right, Jesus is here for his kingdom. So we're going to take over the world. Yet, Jesus 
had told them many times that he was going to have to suffer. He was going to have to die. But on the third day, he will rise again. So again, as, as we've seen Jesus repeatedly telling his disciples here in, in Mark, and for the third time, these guys aren't getting it. So Jesus, on verse 38 of Mark 10, Jesus said to them, Do you not know what you are asking? Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism of which I'm baptized? The cup that he is to drink is the cup of God's wrath. That would be poured out on him, bearing God's wrath in the place of sinful mankind because we're all sinners from the very beginning of that temptation and the free will of Adam and Eve of expressing their own desire because at that time the serpent tripped them and say you can be like God but yet that's where we got to Jesus dying on the cross for us Isaiah 51, 17 states, Wake yourself, wake yourself, O Jerusalem. You have drunk from the hand of the Lord the cup of his wrath. Jeremiah 25, 15, Thus the Lord, the God of Israel, said to me, Take from my hand this cup of wine of wrath and make all the nations to whom I send you Drink it. Mark 14, 36. And this is one we're all familiar with, especially around Easter time. Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Again, Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew that wrath he was about to take. And he knew the consequences that he was going to be separated from his father. I know when I'm gone from shipping too much, I get shaky. and so, well, I don't get shaky. But then there's times she's so irresistible that I want to be away from her. <laughs> let, let me clarify that. Um, some of you may not know this, but Sometimes when I tell my wife, you're being irresistible, I'm really meaning she's being um, irritable. <laughs> so that, you know, I don't want to put that negative-ism on that, but that's where it is. So Jesus' baptism, it is his suffering which would be poured over him like a flood. In the book, it talks about he's just totally covered, embalmed in just everything of the sin that what he's going through, having to take the wrath. That's part of the baptism. Because in Mark 10, 39, and they said to him, again, James and John, going, we are able to drink that cup and be baptized. We are able and Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism of which I am baptized, you will be baptized. 
Here Jesus is telling the disciples they too will undergo a form of suffering. You know, the Apostle John was the only one that didn't die a martyr. Or he lived a whole life. James, on the other hand, he was beheaded. The other disciples by crucifixion, um, and it was just terrible. But it was all for the advancement of the kingdom of God. So in Mark 10, 40, but to sit at my right hand or at my left hand, it is not mine to grant, but it is for those whom who has been prepared. Once again, here Jesus is saying, I, I don't have no control of who's going to be on my left and the right. But again, in Matthew 27, 38, tells us who is on his right and left. Verse 38, then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. So even then, not knowing that the apostles were so eager to want to be in control and to lord it over just like as what we had in, in our confession, to lord it over all people that, hey, we're in control. Here's two robbers, two sinners. And the one that I like is the one uh, robber that he asked Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. Because the other robber was, was mocking Jesus, telling him, if you are the Christ, come down off the cross and save us too. Again, what we want. It's what I want. It's what James and John wanted. But yet, that wasn't Jesus' decision to do that. So even after this conversation with them and the other apostles, I'm imagining the other, the other apostles because in verse 41 of chapter 10, it talks about how the other apostles were indignant. How do I say that? We're mad at those apostles. What are you guys doing? You know, and that goes back to where I think Matthew, where he put in Mississippi asking the question because he wanted to blame uh, John and James as being mama's boys or something like that, you know, that they're going to say, oh, you got to do this. But again, that was led to a thought in the ESV study Bible it talked it might have been just one long conversation and it was split in two times where Matthew was saying it was probably presented by Mrs. Zebedee to go in there and then maybe Jesus went back to James and John and asked, are you sure you, you're wanting this? You're asking this to affirm. That was through the study Bible. So that made sense to me instead of Matthew trying to get mad at James and John. So again, after all this and the others didn't get it that Jesus was to die. Even after telling them for the third time, Mark 10:34 says, they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. 
and after three days, he will rise. Praise God. That is our salvation. That is the gospel right there. So with all this, again, of looking of, of position and authority for what James and John was seeking, again, Jesus says in Mark 10.45, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. We are all included in that many. He ransomed his life so that we may have eternal life with him and live forever. Yes, these physical bodies will, will decay and die, but in our soul, we yearn, we have that yearning of wanting to be with our Creator, with our Father, with Jesus. And that is why we gather as a, as a family here to be reassured, to give that hope that we have in Jesus. And the other way to confirm that is by having communion. Because the cup that I thought that Jesus was talking about or will be drinking is the cup of the new covenant of his blood that was shed for many. And the baptism that they were to receive as we all receive, and if you didn't receive, please see me after church, was that the baptism of the Holy Ghost to give us the strength when we are weak, to give us guidance when we're looking in that darkness, to give us protection when we are just traumatized and overwhelmed with grief or separation. That, to me, is what's most important and that all congregations that believe in Jesus and the word of God is true are gathered this morning and maybe in the middle of the week to proclaim that. So as I mentioned earlier, if there's any time you need prayer, please, and if you can't get in touch with me, please text me or something and I'll definitely be praying and going. So let us have communion so that we can also um, come in remembrance. And I've asked Keely and Jonathan to be the servers, as we are servers, to be servants for the Lord. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Tundino. So feel free to come up and get the elements, and please hold them, and then I'll pray over them. And we will share communion together and praise the Lord.
Heavenly Father, our Lord Jesus, we acknowledge the sacrifice that you took for us by being crucified on the cross. But on that night that you were betrayed, you took bread and broke it. And you lifted it up and gave thanks as we give thanks to Almighty God for you, Jesus, for you are the bread of life. And you broke it and you gave it to the disciples to eat. Let us all consume the bread of life. Then you took the cup, the cup of salvation. But for you, Jesus, that night, it was the cup of wrath that only you can take. For you were a man that knew no sin and took the sin of the world. We give you thanks, Almighty God, for this is the blood of Christ that it is poured out for many for the remission of sin, the removal of sin, and the life everlasting of your body, your saints, our souls. Bless it in Jesus' name. Just take the wine.
Gracious Father, Almighty God, we give thanks for our nation, a nation founded on your commandments, on your will to be done here. Thank you, Father, for the freedom we have that we celebrate this week in honor of you to glorify you. Father, as you have done with your son, that he came not to be served, to be a servant, of all your body. Let us set the example and go out from this point on to serve others, being our brothers and sisters in Christ, being our family, being our neighbors, 
and even our enemies, how we can serve in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Bless everyone that is here. Encourage them to pursue the happiness that you have given us in Christ Jesus. We pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Celebrate, have fun for July 2 and all the week. And we go and love one another. And Shabby at all.